I'll tell you what. I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but specifically in high school, the pressure for grades had a huge effect on my personal self-esteem. Because mm. I felt like um, I felt like school just came easier to some kids. And it was a weird mm-hmm. feeling because I knew I was a smart kid. But school just had a way of making me feel like I was not. And I felt like some of the kids just had a better handle on the academic process. Welcome to Coffee to Cocktails, a conversation between two friends that spans across the day, starting with the coffee that wakes us up in the morning to take care of business, to the occasional cocktail that lets us wind down and take our hair down at the end of the day. I am Nina. And I'm Kristen, and we are your hosts for the evening. So grab a drink and join us for a little kiki. July is here. Man, so fast. And before we know it, school will be back back to school. Lord, I'm telling you. The other day, and they were already getting rid of, like, you know, the little summer section. Mm-hmm. And get oh no, it wasn't Target. It was I. Where was I? I was at Office Max, and this was probably the beginning of June. And they were already getting their little section, emptying that out, getting it ready for back to school crayons and all that stuff. I'm like, I, I feel like kids just got out of school. Like, that's what I'm saying. Can they please enjoy their summer? <laughs> Very similar to what you're saying. I was in um, Kohl's last mm-hmm. week, and. Here I go returning stuff to Amazon. I still I need to do better my Amazon shopping. <laughs> I said I was gonna do better. I took some stuff back that I didn't need. Yeah. And as I'm walking out the store, they moved the women's department to another section. And where the women's department used to be, it was nothing but book bags. Oh, oh my whole God. section. I'm like, it is not even July. These kids are trying to enjoy their summer vacation. And here y'all are putting book bags out, back-to-school things, supplies. Like, dang, these kids just got out of school like a few weeks ago. I don't know if it's because I'm a parent now or what, but it seemed like when I actually was a student, all the back-to-school commercials and the merchandising and stuff seemed like it used to happen in a time frame where I would actually be excited because yeah. school was actually approaching it wasn't in no June, you know, like, come on. Like, the kids now, I could, just got out. I can understand, like, late July. Mm-hmm. But we not even, I mean, it was, like, last week. So, this was, like, the middle of June. Yeah. Why? Uh, a lot of kids, because Marcus and them, they get out a little earlier than everybody else. Like, yeah. California kids, they just ended school. You right. Know, and here we are. Friends. Man. Same here. Mm-hmm. And here we are just, you know, these kids, well, I know you just got out, but it's going to be time to go back. So <laughs> think about it. <laughs> like, dude, shoot, at Kroger uh, yesterday, all the summer stuff is already 50% off. Summer oh, just started, it. y'all. I'm summer like, just started. Like, June 21st is literally the first day of summer mm-hmm. on the calendar. Shoot, I don't even want to go in Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby probably already got Easter out. They they be way ahead. Okay. 
honest to goodness, and I am not exaggerating because I went there one time <laughs> looking for harvesty Halloween things in like September. And they were like, uh-uh, honey, we already moved on. It, it was all Christmas in September at Hobby oh. Yeah. It's they don't mess much. around. <laughs> it's, it's too soon. We don't even get a chance to really enjoy the holidays that are here. Mm-mm. Before they done moved on to the next one. I remember one more funny story with regard to that. I'm sorry. I keep going down the wrong path, Nina. <laughs> But I was, you know how at the end of the year, you know, people want to get little things for their teachers and daycare director or whatever. And I wanted to get, you know, a little Christmas something or other for the one of the directors of our school that I see every day. And so I went to Kroger to get her something really quick. And they were all out of, um, you know, of Christmas things. But they already had the Valentine's. Wow. So I came walking up in there, you know, December 23rd with a heart. <laughs> she, and she gave me the, this weird look like, uh, what is this for? What is this? For? Right. I'm like, well, it was supposed to be Christmas, but they out of Christmas <laughs> things. So here go your Valentine heart. It's red so you can pretend it's Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, she cracked up behind that, but I was it, it was the truth. I They didn't have one lick of anything Christmas that wasn't didn't look all scrappy and messed over. That's crazy. You gotta stay ahead of the game and when these things come out, it's like you have to snatch them right then and there because if you wait a couple of days it's after down. or even right before you, you just don't have any options because it's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can we can we slow down? <laughs> can can we slow down? Like we just on to the next thing. On life comes thing. at you fast. Yeah, telling you, like I just want to <laughs> slow down. Well, this as we're talking about school, the perfect topic. Yes, for us to mention, parents, students, you just got to remember. School is not the end-all, be-all. And we're going to throw work in there, too. Mm-hmm. Work is not the end-all, be-all. And, Kristen, I know we have stories to share. But before we jump into our topic, mm-hmm. let's talk about this cocktail. Yes. It's All brown. Right. <laughs> we, we are drinking, I, I guess, it's, we had some bourbon in mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. But this season, we figured we'd you know, have some diversity. So we're mm-hmm. drinking a cocktail called the Woodford Spire Cocktail. Mm-hmm. And in this cocktail, we have Woodford Reserve Bourbon, lemonade, Ooh. and cranberry juice. Now, mm-hmm. there's 1.5 ounces of the bourbon, mm-hmm. two ounces of lemonade, and one ounce of cranberry juice. I taste nothing but bourbon. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> uh, like I told you, Nina, I can't taste no lemon. <laughs> I can't taste no cranberry. That bourbon absorb all that flavor. <laughs> I put some ice in my eyes. I was like, I'm gonna shake it up real good. Woo. Okay, maybe it'll water down some. I feel it's like gone. singing the blues. <laughs> 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 my dog left. My my wife left. <laughs> Lord, yeah, but it is. You know, it's it's, it's brown liquor, honey. 
I need it. Oh, oh, oh good. Okay. Well, as we were, the we were having. <laughs> I can't. I can't. We're going to have to space out bourbon. Like next week, we can't have bourbon. <laughs> bourbon is all. We have bourbon next season. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, mine's is gone. And it's probably why I'm laughing so hard. Oh, goodness. I started sipping early, so I made the drink a little sooner than we actually got started. So I'm like, ooh, this is good. And then the ice started to melt a little bit ooh. more. So it was it was it was not as bad to not I shouldn't say not as bad. It was not as strong, but when I first started, I was like, I gotta put some more some more lemonade in here. Uh-huh. Cause I'm I'm just just up <laughs> looking crazy. <laughs> Ooh, child. Man, oh man, yeah. This this one is a it's a sipper. It's a sipper. <laughs> Take so, your time. I already feel it. I'm just over here feeling like bottles and chains. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your support. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at our list of future cocktails. I'm like, oh Lord, I got two more bourbon things on here. Oh, you may Lord. have to look at. <laughs> Woo child. I'm about to move to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I just cracked open my little uh bottle of oh. the Woofer Reserve, so I will have plenty on hand for those. <laughs> those are the good. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Okay. Yes. Woo. But and make it feel good. <laughs> oh, no, we got an Arnold Palmer. Now, you know, I love me an Arnold Palmer. Okay. It's an adult one, though, with bourbon. Okay. With a reserve. Yeah. A little bit more than lemonade and iced tea. <laughs> when, we get, when we get there, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, we learned our lesson from the, the last few episodes before. Mm-hmm. We put a little bit more, like you said, a little bit more iced tea, a little bit more lemonade. But mine's is gone, oh, so goodness. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna settle as we chat. I was just about to say, are you gonna pour another, or is that it? <laughs> I don't think we want another one for me, <laughs> so I might have some water. Because <laughs> our topic today is a little, you know, it's a serious <laughs> one. But the bourbon works in my favor because it's a little bit of truth serum, so yes, I have stories to share. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so yes, the Woodford Spire cocktail, bourbon, lemonade, cranberry juice, and it is very strong. It mm-hmm. is a sipper, as you said, Kristen. So yes, ma'am. You can't just take this one to the head. You just sit, you know, let it the ice kind of melt a little bit and sit. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Don't take this one to the head. <laughs> you, you'll be sounding like us. <laughs> I feel like I want a cigar. I don't even smoke cigars. <laughs> something. Take the edge off. <laughs> Bourbon and cigars. Ooh, that child. might have to be that might have to be a conversation. And we don't even <laughs> smoke cigars. <laughs> we sure don't. I'll be up here like light up a stogie. <laughs> a humidor. What do they call the place where they sell cigars? What is it? A humidor or whatever? <laughs> But yeah, look, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, that sound good to me. 
<laughs> okay. Okay, we're gonna get back. We're gonna come back to yes. center. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> okay. Um so before we jump into our actual topic, we will remind our listeners where to listen and where to follow. Yes, ma'am. So you can find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether that is your Apple iPhone, the podcast app, or on Stitcher, Anchor, which is now Spotify for podcasters, or Google Podcasts. Um, And then you can find us on your socials on Instagram and IG under Coffee to Cocktails Podcast. If you search us, we'll pop right up. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all that stuff. And then if you want to contact us directly, feel free to reach out at coffee to cocktails podcast at gmail.com. All right. Mm-hmm. And engage. We will yes. engage back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, our topic, we'll, we'll just go ahead and jump into it. We, we're talking around how school is not the end all be all. How work is not the end all be all. And mm-hmm. we have some personal stories to share um I will start us off I think we were just chatting one day you know several months ago Mm -hmm. and I was sharing with you Kristen how you know school was starting to end Mm -hmm. um Brielle my oldest was ending fourth grade and going into fifth grade and there was something that came up where some of the students well the school that we are in the school district that we're in they allow you to pick a buddy. Mm-hmm. And so the parents um, can write down the other student's name that they would like to, you know, like either be in the same classroom with or be in the same lunch schedule or recess or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. And um, I've heard parents say, you know, hey, I would like my kid to be in the same class or recess time as this kid or hey I want my kid to be in this uh specials class with this you know student so they can encourage Mm -hmm. them and so as real is going into fifth grade they're starting to have these special classes where they're saying students are quote unquote you know kind of special with math or Mm -hmm. really it's just math and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, it is starting. The pressure is being put on these students. Yep. It is too soon. And is it really going to do anything besides give these babies anxiety? Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, it's something to think about. It reminds me of uh, the schools here in Prosper with the gifted and talented and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Now, if you ask me, it might sound kind of idealistic for me to say I believe all kids are gifted and talented and they learn in different styles and I agree with you. In different ways. Some kids do better on the standardized test than others, you mm-hmm. know. And and then some are better at actually applying it than they are at let's do this assignment to see if you remember. You know. Correct. So yeah. I just remember in school now, I'm not sure about you, Kristen, but for me, it was a lot of pressure. Um, you want to make the AB honor roll. You want to be on the dean's list. You want to have a 4.0 GPA. Mm-hmm. And 
as you get, as I have gotten older and I look back at you know just talk about high school right because college is one thing as well mm-hmm. college is a little bit more serious because you're there for studying and you'll take that to your your career that you decide to to work in but for high school it was a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was if it's necessary there are things that school I mean some of the stuff that we learned in school I'm like I'm not even using this Mm-mm. and some stuff it, like I'll tell you what I, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here but no, go ahead. specifically in high school the pressure for grades had a huge effect on my personal self esteem because mm. I felt like um, I felt like school just came easier to some kids and it was a weird mm-hmm. feeling because I knew I was a smart kid you know, I'm one of those people that knows, you know, a little about a whole lot. So, you know, sometimes when people are talking, they're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know you knew about this topic and that topic. And back then, I knew I was genuinely, you know, or generally, I should say generally smart. But school just had a way of making me feel like I was not. And I felt like some of the kids just had a better handle on the academic process or different study methods or whatever it was it's like golly how are these people you know making the honor roll every semester Mm -hmm. and just like pushing out these A's and it seems like with no effort I don't know but yeah it it was it was rough it was rough and and what you said I want to address this Mm -hmm. um you said something around uh, being smart. I mm-hmm. have come to the conclusion that everybody's definition of smart is different. Mm-hmm. And I think also everyone's definition of possibly, you know, um, just like everybody's definition of successful is different. Mm-hmm. And when we start talking around grades, and I think grades are important, but yeah. I don't think that grades actually teach you about life skills. So, Again, uh, Brielle's going into the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. They haven't given these students grades, and I appreciate this. Mm-hmm. They do have stages where they want you to be at a certain level for reading or science or math, mm-hmm. but they're not giving out A through <clears throat> F grades. Oh, that's excellent. I, I like mm-hmm. that system of you know, of evaluating kids better than just saying A, B, C, yeah. 3.0, 4.0, you know. Yeah. And um, it, it works. Now, I'm not telling her, you know, you don't go to school and do nothing. I'm saying, hey, if you go to school, you give it your all. But if you're not making the perfect grade, and I know that you're trying, you're giving it your all, that's enough for me. As long as you do your best. Do your best. That that's is enough it. for me. The pressure, I think, is the part that I don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I knew any better when I was in high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to kill yourself. Um, I shouldn't say that. You're putting so much pressure on yourself to get these grades and to make it, you know, to make you, and maybe you're not even just for you, but maybe you're trying to please your parents or, mm-hmm. you know, please your friends. But the stuff that, kids go through I'm like it's already enough to just be a kid yeah especially as you start to go through different stages and now you have this friend group yeah outside 
you know, this additional academic pressure in addition to the social pressures, the body changes. Yeah. You know, all the stuff that's going on at once. It's a lot for kids. It is a lot. So I I am not necessarily agreeing um with you know the the grades. I mm. actually would wouldn't mind if they take another look at school and kind of restructure a little bit. I think mm-hmm. the stuff that they're teaching the kids, of course, you'll need the basics, right? Mm-hmm. You need to add, subtract, multiply, divide. You need to be able the to read. read. Mm-hmm. But the other things, I think after the sixth grade, I think they said after sixth grade, you can function in the world. Mm-hmm. You have all the skills that you need. And then anything after that, you're just kind of learning as additives and, you know, special things that you start to go into a direction of what you like to do, you know, going into the work life, the work mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I wish we would take another look, especially in the world that we're in today. And, um, you know, a lot of students are, they're not, they're not going to college. Mm-mm. See, college enrollment is down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a number of factors with that. It's the one thing you mentioned, Nina, I was going to say, um, you know, with the whole thing about just doing your best in school. I think another mm-hmm. thing with the traditional grading system, I know in me, it often made me feel like my best wasn't enough. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like I would be. Like, like I'm trying, and I just can't write this paper the way my English paper the teacher wants me to write it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't, you know, I'm trying and trying and trying with this math. But, you know, I just, I'm not getting it the way the other kids get it. It's like, uh. and then I was just, that was an add on to, um, to you saying about trying your best. But then with regard to college enrollment being down, I mean, you look at the economy, a lot of people can't mm-hmm. afford paying for college out of pocket. Yeah. Look at the way technology has advanced and all the information that's at our fingertips. A lot of stuff you don't even I mean, the college degree is like a formality to basically show that you paid the tuition to go to a college. Yeah. But all that information is out there. Like, you yeah. can go on YouTube and watch some Harvard person's lecture. You can go to matriculate through the whole thing, you know, even though you're mm-hmm. not enrolled at the school and still get the knowledge. So it really comes down to, okay, do you want this degree? Do you want that, you know, credential? Or yeah. are you just wanting the knowledge? So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of college enrollment, mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone say this. Maybe I'm late to the game. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my VP. This was months ago. Mm-hmm. And we were just having like a one-on-one. I was just kind of asking her some things about what was going on. We was kind of catching up because I had spoken with her, you know, probably a year or two prior to me joining organization that I'm currently in and um we were just catching up and you know she was talking about her kids I think she has uh her daughter graduated from high school and then she has a son that's around you know freshman year and she said you know oh my daughter is taking a gap year she's Mm -hmm. still trying to understand what she wants to do and I thought to myself that is probably the smartest thing that I have heard Mm mm-hmm you go to school from kindergarten to 12th grade and you're uh-huh. just going, going, going. 
And she said that her daughter was taking a gap year to really take a break, really understand what she wanted to do. If she was going to, she was definitely going to college, but she was just taking some time mm-hmm. and focusing on herself. And I thought, man, that is probably one of the smartest decisions that I've heard anyone say. I know it like it. That's one of those things where it's like, um, you're giving people the space and time to figure out what it is they want to do next. Cause I don't know about you, Nina, but I know in junior and senior year in high school, I felt like I was being put through the rock tumbler. It felt it like all of, all of a sudden you went from, okay, you know, just go home to do your homework mm-hmm. and turn it in to, okay, now you need to start thinking about what you want to do for a career. What are you interested yeah. in? You know, in high school, we had two different types of chemistry and physics you could take. There were the chemistry and physics classes that were, if you didn't plan on going into the medical field or doing something in the sciences, you take this kind of, like, I don't want to say watered down, but it's just a little bit less math and more conceptual. So the class was actually called conceptual physics, and there was also a chemistry class with the curriculum done in the same style. And -hmm. it was like, just that little thing made me feel pressure because it's like, okay, let me think about this. Am I wanting to be, you know, a doctor or a dentist or a scientist or am I wanting to, to be business and, you know, take this other class? And it's like mm. you're really pressured to figure out really quick what you want to do with your life. And you have to buckle down on your grades because this is what the colleges are looking at. And mm. Are you you got to do more than just get good grades? You got to do community service. You got to play a sport. You got to be involved in school. And, that, 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 that. and it's like too much. Man, you know that gap year would have done me a lot of well because I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know I was kind of pigeonholed into mm-hmm. do something to make you some money. Oh, let's not talk about how you know the different demographics. What you know makes us determine what we do in school because sometimes it's not always our decisions like we think it is I agree with you wholeheartedly mm-hmm. so before we talk around that I wanted to kind of address some of the things that you said it mm-hmm. is a lot of pressure so that gap year um, would have done a lot of us justice just to take a step back as I've been in school you know for God, 12 years, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're in school for 12 years and you're going from one grade to the next. And you're right. When you get to that junior and senior year, it's just like, all right, full throttle. Mm-hmm. Because we're now trying to go to college and we're trying to make sure that we get accepted and we have to write essays to get into these colleges and do all these things to be, you know, have a leg up for, you know, some of the other applicants. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to say, all right, you've made it this far. Congratulations. Take some time. Or I would have even appreciated going to a community college and getting some credits and then possibly transferring to a four-year university. First of all, I would have saved some money. Yeah. Listen, that's the way. You know what? <laughs> to me, that's sounding like the way to do it. I hear more about that every year. Do mm-hmm. First years at community college and then transfer it over. Because you take now, your prerequisites I, anyway. You do. Now, I do understand that if you are a student, you want to have the full-fledged experience of going to a campus mm-hmm. and, you know, building your your life as um, somewhat of an adult. Yeah. You're 18. You're no longer living with your, your parents. And you're kind of learning some things on your own. But 
if I know, if I knew what I, if I know, hold on, say that with the sire. If I na- knew what I knew back, girl, you know what I'm trying to say. Let me go back. <laughs> if I can go back. Uh-oh. Yeah. If I can go back and do it again, I would actually take these credit hours and these courses prior to switching over. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break and let you talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can go back in. <laughs> oh, child. <I> tears. <laughs> That's what I was. I was laughing about because it's like we having this, you know, really pertinent, you know, serious conversation. <laughs> what if this liquor made me like really go back in time and like start crying about some stuff? That would be awful. Okay, I promise I, I won't do that. I can't get it together. I was like, what are you trying to say? Say it, say it. <laughs> I was trying to say. That was perspiring, no chill. And my glass is still half full. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. Let's get the curves up like I did. Crunches. Okay, I'll get it together. I could not get it together. I was. I'm gonna try it again. It's probably not gonna work. If I knew then what I knew now, is that how it go? Yes. Okay, I could not get that together. <laughs> You're like, if I knew now what I knew back then. <laughs> and I was like, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm moving on. <laughs> oh yes. Ooh, I get it. I got totally got what you were saying, Nina. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> oh, just so unexpected. Like, why can't you say this thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then you come to stick it in there. You was like, ooh, wolf fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I promise I'm done, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> my side hurt <laughs> oh goodness I'm laughing so hard okay mm-hmm. I said I I, sh- I should probably have put in some more water or, I'm sorry water some more ice and a wood for fire but mm-hmm. hey we here <laughs> <laughs> here we are <laughs> oh goodness okay <laughs> Okay, yes. So, if I knew then what I knew now, what I know now, mm-hmm. still can't get it right. But yes, <laughs> we, we get it. Mm-hmm. I would have went to a community college for mm-hmm. at least two years and then transferred to a four-year university. Mm-hmm. Save some money. Like you said, take the prerequisites and move on. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if a gap year was standard? And like people like have like programs in place for people to like do different discovery of different yeah. avenues they want to go down. You could use it as a year to do volunteer service. You know, just it, it would be cool if that because honestly, I'll say this. 
I was advised against taking any time off between mm. college and high school. Because really? in my household, it was like, you know, you do that, you know, then you end up taking yeah, on yeah. different adult responsibilities, you end up moving out, all of a yeah. sudden you're in this trap or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I almost kind of saw that <clears throat> as like a thing, a freedom that was made available to the rich white kids. It seemed like you know, their parents encouraged them. Yes. And and again, going back to the story I was sharing about the, the VP and mm-hmm. my VP and her daughter. And she said, you know, my daughter still lives at home and she works. It, you know, it's, it's enough to get her uh, the money that she wants to go and, mm-hmm. you know, have a good time and things. Um, she still lives at home. She's still respectable about the time that she comes in. But she doesn't have the pressure of trying to figure out. I went from high school, graduating, you know, celebrating that, to jumping right back into more schooling. But this time, it's a different level. Mm-hmm. And so taking that time off, I think, would have been very beneficial. I Definitely for me. Yeah. I would have worked. And I think I would have appreciated school a little bit more because I would have been at home like, oh, no, this is <laughs> not what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, but it would have given me a chance to maybe save up it really give would have given me a chance to really think about what i wanted to do yeah. i can go and explore and you know talk with people and hear their stories mm-hmm. and figure out if this is the path that i want to go on yeah i and mean instead, was, i jumped from one pond to the other that was me too and i'm like dude i wish i would have just had time to sort of spread my wings figure out what i want to do Maybe intern somewhere or be an mm-hmm. apprentice or something just just to yeah. kind of get a better glimpse. Now I am, you know, I do look back look back fondly on my college years and I'm glad I did, you know, the whole four years after high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I if I had the foresight back then, you know, that I have looking back in hindsight, I might yeah. have done a few things different, you know maybe cut my losses a little bit as far as like the trial and error of finding out. I still haven't yeah. really figured out. I feel like I'm just now getting to the point where I'm figuring out avenues to do what it is that I finally figured out what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah, it can be rough. It yeah. is. And then you, you think about your, you're only 18. Mm-hmm. You're 18 years old making some of these really big life decisions. It's like no pressure. It's only going to shape the rest of your life, but no pressure. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh-huh. And it's it's a lot for these students. So, you know, just I think I'm like the gap year is is perfect and we we try not to focus so much on grades, but that's mm-hmm. the first thing that people normally ask. Oh, what are your grades like? I'm like, I'm not sure if grades define you, because they don't. And that that used to really stifle me in high school too, because <clears throat> I told you how the grade situation kind of, you know, made my self esteem a little bit low. Um, like even I remember there was a few incidents in my high school where I was just basically. I don't want to blame the school for the way I thought because it was kind of like a self-esteem thing too. But I thought because of my grades, I just was not good enough to do anything because the kids Mm. with the good grades were afforded the opportunity. Like 
I've always thought I was a, a fairly decent writer. Mm-hmm. I used to write for a school newspaper at my K through eight school. That was something I really enjoyed doing and seeing my my little article in print and with by Kristen Reese underneath it. That was a thrill for me. And I said in high school, you know, I want to be on the high school newspaper and mm-hmm. do the yearbook and stuff. Well, I, you know, I, I got B's and C's in English and I didn't get the grade point average that you needed to take on. Like at my school, newspaper and yearbook, those were actual English classes that you could take. Mm. And um, I didn't have the grades to get in those classes. So right there, it's like, okay, journalism's out of the question. I'm not good enough for that. My grades aren't good enough. And then I remember uh. I ran for um, for one of the student council things. Like, yeah, class president, treasurer, and all this stuff. And then he had a thing called Human Relations Council. Anything you wanted to do regarding student council, you had to have a certain GPA. And I wasn't hitting it in ninth grade because it was a tough learning curve. I went to a college preparatory high school and it took me a while to really get it. And um, I didn't get to do that. I remember I made it through the first round of the election and to the point where you could start printing up stuff that says vote for Kristen and make posters and stuff. And I remember they called me to the office and was like, Kristen, you can't proceed in the election because you have like a 2.8 and you need a 3.0. Wow. My heart was broken. And that immediate, like you can look at it one way or the other. You can look at it as incentivizing getting good grades. But at that point in my life, it wasn't incentivization of anything. It was basically saying, okay, you did your best, but this is the grade you got. Your best is not good enough. And so you're not really fit to do anything that, you know, or even try anything that you might like to do. So, and see, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that approach because, mm-hmm. again, I think we mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier. Everybody kind of learns differently. And mm-hmm. so, you would have been amazing at writing. And maybe there was something else that was not necessarily holding you back, but maybe you couldn't reach your full potential. Maybe it was mm-hmm. the stress that was getting to you. So, your GPA was a little bit shorter than what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. But why not give you a chance and say, all right, you're close. You're close enough. Yeah. We will give you a chance for this semester because then you could have been like, I can show y'all what I can do, but everybody learns completely differently. And I think just because people have a certain GPA, sometimes that doesn't mean anything. Mm-mm. I mean, I need to do some research on how, how GPA even came up because to me, it just, it almost sort of seems like um, a thing that people use to, like, cut the fat. Like, mm-hmm. like if you are taking applications for a job and yes. you just do a general cattle call, you're going to get thousands and thousands upon thousands of applicants mm-hmm. to sort through. So if you add that little divisor, you know, that breaks it down a little bit. Or you may, may think you're getting the cream of the crop by actually you know by only asking for people with this and that GPA but it's like you know what's it really for I don't know yeah I think we we could probably look at that a little differently mm-hmm. um because j- I have learned and mm-hmm. a theme just because you have a certain GPA doesn't necessarily mean you can actually do the job 
to that's do just the proof work. That you can regurgitate the knowledge. Yeah. Basically what that is. Yes. And everybody learns differently. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if that's the best way. We I think we should look at things a little differently today. Mm-hmm. And being the fact that I have now have, you know, two two girls, one that's definitely school age. I'm not harping on, on school. Can you can you get the concept of it? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> if you can't, we can help you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking at that as that's going to be everything. That's It's not. There's so much more to life after school. Mm-hmm. And I wish we would think about it that way. It really is. And then to touch on that part where you said people learn different. One thing that I am glad to see in today's schools and every pretty much every school that I've had uh, Marcus in and Miles at this point, because he just started kin- public school kindergarten. But it seems like they're more in tune with the fact that children learn differently. I mean, the school we mm-hmm. went to in California, right on down to the way the seating was arranged in the classroom. I know, I, I remember for sure in Marcus's second and third grade classrooms, there were different types of seats for the kids. There were mm. desks that were at different heights. So you had some kids that sat at a traditionally, you know, traditional looking desk with a chair. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the kids, you know, sat on like a bouncy ball. Other kids sat like right in the front of the classroom where the desks were low enough. So they sit on the floor and are mm-hmm. able to write at their desk. And it just took into account, you know, the ways that kids are most comfortable learning, you know, and then here where I live now, when I have meetings with the teachers, you know, we talk about Marcus and how he learns and all of this different stuff. Marcus gets distracted easily. They mm-hmm. actually have accommodations that they make for kids like with ADHD or like kids like Marcus who just like, you know, to hear a little noise and their attention goes somewhere else. <laughs> you know, they might take them to a separate room to take their test and do yeah. it in quiet or allow the kid to have headphones. Or yeah. Because I just remember school being a lot more homogenized than that. I can't even envision them implementing anything like that in my K through eight. They'd be like, "You better sit your butt down and take this test, like everybody else." Yeah, you you were forced, <laughs> and they weren't looking at things differently to help the students. Mm-mm. So I'm glad we're at that stage where you you know just kind of looking at things differently and saying, "Okay, what works for this child may not work for this child, and we'll mm-hmm. try something different." And I think, you know, as you're sharing your story about, you know, being on the team for the news, um, the school newspaper, I think that would have benefited you. It would have. I know. I knew back then it would have, you know, but a grade, you know, me not being able to deliver what, you know, bless his heart. I love my ninth grade English teacher, but I love him as a person now on Facebook. Back then... He was like the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could not write a paper to satisfy this man's what he wanted to save my life. And Mm. that came down to just how English was different at my grade school than it was at my high school. You know, our teacher was old school, still teaching us how to diagram sentences and dangling participles like English, the, the mechanics of the language of English. And meanwhile, yeah. English at my high school 
was the the huge reading component and the comprehension and then the writing able to like summarize what you read and and pull out parts of the book to support what you're saying about the book i didn't know diddly squat about doing that yeah it was baptism by fire i remember we read catcher in the rye and i finally got an a on that paper and i got the holy ghost because i'm like okay this is it this is what he wants at the end of the year (laughs) <laughs> and the things that you've learned at this year, the things that you've learned, have you applied some of those techniques to life? I mean, in a general sense, perhaps, um, you know, with the things like math and all of that stuff, everything else is just kind of fluff. Like, mm-hmm. it feels good to be able to be sitting around a table and say you read To Kill a Mockingbird too, and you know about it and Boo Radley and all the whatever, but I mean, am I really, really utilizing it, you know, to improve my quality of life? Probably not. So it sucks to look back and think that that little test affected my life so much mm-hmm. at the time because I'm not using it. <laughs> yeah, so, we um, yeah. we had our 20 year high school class reunion a couple years ago. This was mm-hmm. like right after, kind of like almost during the the pandemic if you will mm-hmm. and I remember um one of the students the my, my classmates that I went to high school with she was saying she said you know when I was in high school I didn't enjoy myself I didn't go to parties I did not really enjoy my my youth because mm-hmm. I was so focused on grades her mom was a teacher at the school and so she was just gung-ho school everything she said I missed out Mm -hmm. because I was trying to get the perfect grade and I think she ended up becoming like valedictorian Mm -hmm. and she said I don't think she thinks that it matters because again you know you want to enjoy your childhood you want to enjoy some of the things yes you know what you're here for you're here for business but she said she didn't really get to enjoy herself and she didn't really be a typical teen because she was mm-hmm. so focused on grades. Mm-hmm. And it's like you I, gotta I strike that. that balance. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that. Like, yes, you're here for business, but you're also, you know, your kid, you know, 16, 15, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. You can have fun, but it shouldn't have to be school all the time. Hmm. I mean, I've gotten a chance, you know, thanks to social media, to reconnect with some, not just the, you know, the people that I would have kept in contact with anyway, my close circle of friends, but mm-hmm. people that I just kind of knew on a cursory level in high school. Like, there's literally some people on Facebook that I'm Facebook friends now. They always comment under my statuses that you would think we were BFFs from back there. We probably didn't even cross paths actually in Mm -hmm. the high school. And it's interesting to talk to some of these people because I was talking to one classmate in particular who she was one of those ones. I just looked at like, how does she just get it? Like, how is she just busting out all these A's and doing swim team and everything else she does? And I'm sitting here, you know, I'm killing myself trying to get a C. And she and I went out to lunch one day and she was just, you know, 
talking about how much pressure her parents put on her back then. Oh, man. You know how she was ready to literally, you know, you know, end it all at one point because of grades, oh. grades, grades. Like, you know, just the pressure was on to perform academically. And I was like, dang, you know, it, it's a trip how you perceive things to be one way and mm-hmm. and they're another. And I think it's so important to, you know, while you emphasize the importance of doing your best and all of that, but letting a kid just be a kid. Yeah. A team. We um, enjoy. And, and that's so sad. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, as as we continue to see our kids grow and they start entering high school especially mm-hmm. um we're just keeping a close eye on that because I know that I wasn't the best student in school mm-hmm. I did my best I probably could have did a little bit more <laughs> mm-hmm. but I wasn't I wasn't going to kill myself yeah I'm, I'm good mm-hmm. I was not going to kill myself and apply that or not kill myself I wasn't going to put that much pressure on myself to get to where I thought or to mm-hmm. get the the um you know the applause from my parents and sometimes I would be thinking like for what so they can go and brag is that what it is and not saying my parents were doing that but there a lot of parents, parents do yeah they put their kids on a pedestal around the grades and they're you know, putting the pressure on their kids because they want to have something to talk about, you know, especially with parents being so competitive about what their their kids are doing, mm-hmm. what their students are doing. Yeah. So I just want to keep keep that in mind. You know, at the, the age that Brielle is in, she said that she has a couple of friends that when they take a test, they have a, a gifted test that they take uh, yeah. over the last couple of years. And if you pass the test, great. And if you don't, that's fine. So we have her take the test and we're like, look, if you don't pass a gifted test, that's okay. But we'll still apply. You know, mm-hmm. we'll still go ahead and, and take it and see what comes out of there. And she said one of her friends, her parents was like, if you don't pass the test, you're going to be grounded. But I'm like, it it just tells you if you're quote unquote gifted or not. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a lot for you know, a nine or ten year old, and what's starting early? Supposed to think if they don't pass the test, you know, yeah. are supposed to believe then that they're not gifted in any way. Yeah. Like, come on, it's you know. Too much. I just wish, you know, without putting pressure, too much pressure on kids about what they'll ultimately do with their life. But I do wish there was some component. In compulsory education versus like, I don't know, other methods, homeschooling and all that, but just traditional Mm -hmm. sending your kid to school every morning. I wish there was some component that really helped kids to zone in on their talents. Like, yes, you know, if you're, you know, a kid that's like drawn, intrinsically drawn toward, you know, math and putting together, solving puzzles and stuff like that. That could be a focus of your individual curriculum. If you mm-hmm. like art, you know, introduce these kids to to ways like careers that they can make yeah. a living doing that. Because I know when I was coming up, you know, Michigan kind of, you know, blue collar, you know, and God bless our parents. You know, our parents did the best they can. Mm-hmm. Different generations coming from different places. 
there's a history, you know, especially in the African American community. There was a time when we wasn't allowed to go to work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yo, granddaddy going to work doing that factory job, that was a source of pride for them. Yeah. So, you know, that trickles down to the kids and it's like, get you the job that makes you the most money. Mm-hmm. I say all that to say, in my house, it the arts, that's a hobby. You like to draw? Mm. Hey, that's nice. Do this math. <laughs> like, so I wish there was, you know, because my brother used to be a, a hell of a sketcher. He was so good. And I wish there was a way where you could take that and show kids, hey, you can do something with that. You could be an architect with that. You could draw cartoons. You could do all types of stuff. Yeah. I don't think kids are exposed to that enough. Ooh, honey, you are just hitting the head. Oh, here I go again. Hit the nail in the head. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you 100%. Now, mm-hmm. if we take some of the things that you've mentioned and then we transition that into work, mm-hmm. because again, I think I had mentioned everybody's definition of success is different. So you go from school trying to make the best grades, um, you know, trying to figure out what you'd like to do for a career. Uh-huh. Then you get to a career, and I think we've all been to a place where you want to do and give everything that you have. Uh-huh. But then you start to realize the more that you give, the more that they'll take. And I have heard so many women and men, mostly women, that when they go up, they give up. And Uh so if you are very passionate about leadership and you want to lead others and you, you know, want to give your company um, your all because Uh you you really believe, you start to, especially if you have a family or if you don't, because they'll sometimes corporate, corporate America or just jobs overall, they'll take as much as you will give. Uh And it, it becomes a little too complicated to distinguish all right this is my personal time or this is my professional time so that's another aspect also you just mm-hmm. transition from school and sometimes you go to work because you want to move up the corporate ladder you know you want the exposure mm-hmm. and i think i'm getting to a position where i will do my job but i'm not sure if breaking my back is something that I'm interested in doing. It's not, I mean, and it depends on the person. I don't want to speak for everybody, mm-hmm. but I know I'll say in a general sense, you know, if, if, if a person is stretching, you know, compromising their own stuff and stretching way beyond what they want to, but they see it as a means to an end, you know, I venture to say, you know, sometimes it's worth it, but not always. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I, if, if I could share something that's super duper personal, I've talked so many times on here about Andre's work ethic and the expedited mm-hmm. rate at which he was just scurrying up the corporate ladder. Like he was just like a rocket. And, um, you know, when he passed away, the nature of any business, especially, you know, a fortune 50 fortune, whatever company like Boeing, you know, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. 
And so after Andre passed, I remember, you know, because we worked in um, in the same building, I was leaving the meeting and, you know, I had a little dose of reality because I had to walk past where he used to sit and I saw them on board in his backfield. Mm. You know, it, it's and that and I say that to say, you know, if you work yourself down to the bone and your last day on this earth comes sooner than you expect it to, because everybody's kind of operating on bother, on, on borrowed time. You know, mm-hmm. just assuming that you'll live to 80 or 100 or whatever. And, you know, that's not always everybody ain't, you know, don't live that long. And if, you know, you were to pass away today, you know, they just going to fill the role. So, you know. They're going to keep going. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, what, what cost do we pay when we're like, not to say that you shouldn't be ambitious. Right. But if you find yourself saying okay family or work you know work or something else I want to do what do I do and you're picking work thinking that okay I'm gonna have time for that later mm-hmm. you know you might want to sit back and rethink that because we haven't always had a time I have heard so many people say um I've missed my kids first day of kindergarten because I have work or I wasn't able to go to my wife's or my husband's special event because I had to go to work. And I just don't want to be in that position mm-hmm. because when I retire, work is, is I mean, my family's going to still be there. Mm-hmm. Work is going to be, you know, hey, that's a chapter that I'm closing, but my family's still going to be there. And I have always been so afraid of my family saying, Mom wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so when I had a conversation with the prior manager that wanted to promote me, I was nervous. Like, you want to promote me to lead others? I, I just don't want this to interfere with my my personal life mm-hmm. and my family life because they are, they are important to me. Yeah. They're the most important things to me. If work ends today, I'm still going to have my family. Mm-hmm. So I have to think about, you know, things like that and – you know, if I can, I can share something. I had a former coworker. Um, we are no longer on the same team, but we used to work together a couple of years ago. And she recently got promoted to like a director level. So if you think about it from like a, a first level manager, second level, she was like a second level manager. She mm-hmm. was first level, just, you know, her, she and I were in the same boat, first level manager. She got promoted. And I was so excited for her. And we had a conversation recently and she has a a new manager that she'll be working for. And she said the manager that she told that she was working for told her, you know, Hey, at the level that we're at, um, we're going to be expecting you to work about 70 hours a week. And this after she got hired. And I was like 70. And she said, well, I told her, you know, I work pretty efficiently, and I think it was kind of maybe somewhat brushed off, like, yeah, 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 I'm sending emails at 1030 at night, or maybe, you know, four o'clock in the morning, and even if she says, hey, don't respond when I send the email, that's not how you're thinking when Uh you're in a position when your direct manager are sending emails. You feel like, oh, I got to have a sense of urgency, and I got to send this out. I mean, I just told her. it at three in the morning, it's like, yeah, (laughs) right. Clearly, it's so urgent. I, 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 like you could wait till at least six, but mm-hmm. I just told her. I said, 
you know, be careful in my, the, the coworker that I'm, uh, former coworker I'm speaking about, she also, she's married and she has two curls and her girls are, I think around the age of like nine or 10 and maybe seven or so. So mm-hmm. they're not babies, but they're still young enough where they need mom. And she's very active in their lives. Girl Scouts, you know, soccer, mm-hmm. different sports. So I just told her, I was like, you know, just be careful. Um, it's nice that people want to move up the corporate ladder, but I have heard on so many occasions, as you go up, you give up. You, yeah. That is the absolute, that's what, it, at least has been my observance. Yeah. And you sometimes you ask yourself, is it worth it? You know, and some people say it can be, especially if you have a significant other who doesn't work full time so they can, you know, help the kids and take them to appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have, you you might have some of that mom or dad guilt because you can't really be there uh, like you want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff like swirled into this whole school, which, you know, basically trickles into work and it's like a different mm-hmm. type of pressure. The one thing that I've learned through this whole path, I, I venture to say all the way from kindergarten to college and into work is that a lot of these things that are like dangling like the carrot in front of you mm-hmm. is not as, you know, crucial or life altering as you think it is. Because mm-hmm. all through school, you hear like grades, 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 and you want to get into the best school and da 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 da. You know, I got decent grades in grade school. Uh, If I could sum it up, I got my best grades probably in the earlier half of grade school. Seven and eighth was a little bit of a rocky road, but I still did fairly well. People might Mm -hmm. not have thought that I could get into the high type of high school I got into. I still managed to get in. Yeah. High school, I did average because I went to a really tough high school and it was a tough learning curve. And I didn't have the best GPA. Still managed to get into a decent college. It wasn't like my dream school or anything, but they gave me a chance. I got in, and that's traditionally, you know, schools like where is that? Like I never heard of that school. Well, guess who was still sitting in there at Boeing at the same table as the MITs and the Hello. Cal Polys and the yeah. and, you know, all those people still at the same table. Yeah. So what has taught me over the years, you know, when we're talking about school is not the end all be all, we're not at all saying that it's not necessary, that school is poppycock that you don't need. We're not saying that. But just the amount of pressure that mm-hmm. we put on ourselves, you know, you it, even my college president, I remember I found myself in the same room as the college president. Because I had, I was a McNair scholar and he invited all the McNair scholars to his house for a luncheon. And I remember he was telling us, he was like, I, I don't often tell kids this because they might take it the wrong way or run with it in the wrong direction or whatever. But your grades don't matter in your adult life as much Ooh, as you're made to honey. think um, <laughs> that they matter. <laughs> I wish. I wish we would speak on that a little bit more. And I, I don't think people should take that as I should just go to school and goof off and not try. Mm-hmm. Put forth, definitely put the forth the effort. But the pressure that these kids are 
the pressure that's put on them. Uh-huh. It is it's heartbreaking to see because they're trying all, they're giving it their all. And sometimes uh-huh. when their all is not good enough, then what? You know, they start to have thoughts on, well, maybe I'm not good enough. And uh-huh. sometimes your grades, they're not going to get you through life. I mean, a lot of these scenarios that I felt so bad about, whether it was grades, whether it was being this, you know, for such a long time, I was this uh, creative, whimsical person in this really structured engineering environment, just never really feeling like one of the smartest people in the room, you Mm -hmm. know, just kind of like a shrinking violet, like I don't have anything of value to add to this space. The the thing about it is um, you can't let it affect your self-esteem too much because yeah. life will, will put you exactly where you're supposed to be. That's right. You know? That's right. I just wish I wouldn't have let it, like, make me so down on myself or have low self-esteem because I wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't meeting these different criteria and stuff because you know I basically and I might I'm, I might have rolled in there like you know tumbled like okay boop 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 here I am but I ended up you know it's I was where I was supposed to be at any given time that's right or you know if you didn't believe in that then having somebody in your corner saying hey it's gonna be okay I know you're giving it your all do not stress yourself out about this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and we, we you need get glimpses of like, you know, where you're supposed to be. I, remember, I mm-hmm. always tell this funny story about at Boeing, how they were doing one of these, the, they referred to it as a lunch and learn, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lunch and learn could be like a little seminar that they do and you can go there and listen to it while you eat your lunch or whatever. And on this particular day, um, it was whenever they were doing the whole Boeing wellness thing Mm -hmm. and they had a chef on site to show us how to cook, you know, different healthy meals and stuff like that. And so it was like an audience of maybe about 20 or 30 of us sitting out watching her do this cooking demonstration and she, you know, was like, okay, I got carrots and onions and celery. Does anybody know what this is called in cooking? And nobody else knew. And I'm sitting among all these world-class engineers. Again, all these <laughs> MITs, Rensselaer, Polys, and all these people. <laughs> nobody knew. But I was the one that was like, it's called a mirepoix. Ah! You know, the cooking class, that was like my element. Mm. That that gave me a glimpse, like even in this little, you know, deadline driven, engineering driven environment, yeah. you know, I got to step into something where I was the person who knew all the answers. So there was like times where I got little glimpses, like Kristen, I don't know, I don't know if the, are, like are you not doing well, or is this just not where you're supposed to be? Are you a fish trying to mm. climb a tree? Yeah. Need yeah. to be in the water, like right. <laughs> Let's and we have ourselves. to look at we have to look at things that way. You know, everybody. You know, I said everybody's definition of successful is different, mm-hmm. but everybody has a different path to get to where they need to be, mm-hmm. and everybody's path is not going to be the same. 
Mm-mm. We have to look at things that way. And I think sometimes we put people in a box and that's not fair. You know what? I always think about all my kids that are not <laughs> Wolf for reserve. <laughs> Oh, my all your kids I'm like how many kids you got I thought you had two only got two of them over here talking about all my kids all my <laughs> friends and colleagues and associates people that I know that have gone through the whole law school uh, process mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't know about law school like I've never been to law school but just from what I've heard everybody is Number one, clamoring to get into what's referred to as all the good law schools. Mm-hmm. Then once you get into those law schools, everybody's clamoring for those spots, those top yeah. spots. And I mean, depending on which school law schools you go to, sometimes, you know, there will be certain events, recruiting mm-hmm. events, career mm-hmm. opportunities, things like that that are only made available to your top top 10 students in law school. Yeah. So I always think about them because, I mean, it takes hard work just to even get into law school. So right there, you already like, okay, these are the people that really, you know, are wanting to be here and got the grades to, to get in and da 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 And it's like, even at that level, it's that you know, dividing the best amongst the not so best. And I yeah. always wonder like how they, you know, how does that the person that's like 35th or 50th or 60th in the class feel when you know they've worked super hard to get through there and to get that JD, mm-hmm. but they're still considered, you know, they still might have trouble finding work in their field they want to do because they're not the top 10 or the top three or whatever. Oh. Uh. I mean, man, I guess you just go off and do your own thing, start your own practice or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what you're saying kind of resonates a little bit with me when I had mentioned that everyone's definition of success can be different. And I think that's okay. Like, how do you actually measure something that looks different to everyone? So if you have somebody that's entering this program and they're at the top 10, But when they go and, you know, graduate and they start their practice, maybe their practice is not successful. They don't have as many clients as someone that might be, you know, the bottom 25 or the bottom 50. Mm -hmm. So you start to look at that and you just have to realize that when we say everybody wants to be successful, because that's the things that we're doing. We're going to school. Mm -hmm. We're getting jobs. But everyone's definition of successful is completely different. So my definition of successful could be I want to live in a mansion, drive the latest cars, Mm -hmm. have the latest fashion, where someone else might say, you know, hey, I just want to be happy. And that makes me successful. Yep. Happy with whatever lifestyle that has provided me. I can, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I can pay my bills. But when we say successful, things that we're trying to do, it looks different for everybody. It does. And I, I feel like, you know, and this is what I want to do with with my kids anyway, have them sort of figure out what success looks like to them. Yeah. Like, not what it looks like to everybody else. Not, you know. For oh, you. 
this person is on the National Honor Society and the who's who of America and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's what you want, go for it. But if that's not what you want, don't make that your target. Right. You know, like, don't make that determine how you feel about yourself. That's not even really what you want. Yes. So. Oh, honey. The land. It's a lot of things. The landscape of the world has just changed so much since I was in school mm-hmm. to the extent that, again, not to invalidate the value of a college education at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's just so much that you can do now and so many ways that you can enrich your learning and mm-hmm. do all these things where you don't need that traditional framework. And I know a lot of people don't right. want to hear that thing, trying to hear that. But I mean, but it's the truth. If you Things really have changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, and I hate to use like outlandish examples or whatever, but the way my mind works, when nothing is certain, anything is possible. Like, <laughs> mm. so outlandish to one person, you know, the that's a one in a million thing. To me, that looks like it's possible. So yeah, to do it. I mean, you got little Ryan over here that has built an empire off of unboxing toys on YouTube. <laughs> that all the kids want to see. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Miles. I, I can't tell you how much Ryan stuff we have in this house. Ryan, that is his ace. That he loves him some Ryan. And this little boy, not even college age yet, has built this empire. Like. It's just so much stuff that's available to us right now. Us making this podcast. I mean, this is a worldwide platform. It's available for anybody on the globe to listen to if they want to. You know, back in the day, you know, we probably would have had to audition for something over here and know somebody over there or whatever to even get a chance to do this. So, you know, it's you kind of think about how all these little gatekeeping antiquated things that we're barreling over to get a chance to do or whatever or get the grades to qualify for this and this and that. It's like, do we really need some of that? Some of that pressure can be taken off, I think. Yes. that, And I think that's the part, the pressure. It's not worth it. It doesn't have to be applied so thick where if you are given your all and if your all sometimes can't be good enough in some people's eyes we should take a step back and say okay is there something else that we can take a look at mm-hmm. if you're giving it a hundred percent that's completely fine in that area but maybe you could be so much better in a different area and maybe mm-hmm. it could be outside of academics I mean, we live live in the age now where, like, you know, of all the times to have lived in history, Mm -hmm. we live in the age now where it's like, okay, the the thing that's going to separate you is the amount of time that you put into whatever it is that you want to do and how hard you work at it. Like, if you want to do it, go for it full force and become successful at it. But, you know, it. Is it a question of if you got a degree from this school or that school and that, 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 not so much anymore. I gotta right. say it's, it's, 
you know, it's it's changed. And, and I think what the focus should be now is like teaching kids what they, you know, exposing them to different things for them to even form their mind about what they would want to do. And then right. going from there and exposing them to the opportunities. Because, I mean, let's talk about you got the grades. You got this and that. You did all the school. You start applying to these jobs. What they asking for? Experience. Experience. All the time. Entry-level jobs. Mm -hmm. Asking for the experience of somebody who's been in a given industry for five years, ten years. And you're talking about Mm -hmm. entry-level. I was too busy trying to get my grades. Right. I didn't have time to go and get the experience. I'm trying to get the experience now if you let me. (laughs) Right. I proved that I got the grades and sometimes that may not mean much. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I was so focused on getting grades, I didn't have a chance to go out and get the experience. Mm-hmm. So we just have to look at things differently. And, you know, the pressure that's being applied, maybe we can find some other way to channel some of the energy that uh-huh. we're applying pressure to, to look at things in a different perspective. And give these kids a well-rounded view yeah. of how the world works and how they might fit into it. You know, it's, it's time out for looking down on Votech trades and things like that. You know, yeah. I, I look at people crazy when they have jokes about, you know, the little, the schools and stuff that, you know, to show the commercials during the day for like Votech opportunities, medical assisting and stuff like that. Because number one, some of them jobs pay out the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't think it because some of the corporate people might feel better looking down on what people would traditionally refer to as like a blue collar or whatever or trade. But these two would be making money. Yeah. If you, you know, pr- put that stuff on the same pedestal that y'all put, you know, going to a four year university. You know, tell kids, okay, well, there are the four year universities if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But there are also these trade schools you can go to. There's also this program that you can do while you're in high school. So when the day you graduate, you can decide do you want to go to college or do you want to go to work right away being, a, you know, whatever the position is. Or There's nothing wrong with that. While you're There's, in college, like, yeah. Yes. Different pathways to success. I, like we said, everybody's definition of success is very different Mm -hmm. and we have to keep that in mind so I'm just hoping as we continue raising our kids that we keep the things that we said and I know some of the things that we said it's already instilled Mm -hmm. but maybe someone that's listening you know if they're applying pressure to their students um to their children maybe they can look at things a little differently Because these Mm -hmm. kids are, I mean, it's too much pressure on them at such young ages. And they have so far to go. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if somebody had told me when I was 10, 11, and 12, you know, like, just stop being so down on yourself. I would have really appreciated that because it's just so much more life to live and so much more to go through. And it pays to feel good while you're going through it and not feel like a failure every step of the way. You know? It's got to be a way. 
take a look at some of the things that these kids are doing and nurture what what it is they really enjoy doing because it's very likely if they were to find some way to parlay that into a way to make a living, they would be really good at it. Mark yeah. his, his video games. Now, of course, I don't want him sitting around day in and day out just doing video games and nothing else. But right. when I see him doing that, I see that there's something he's really, really good at. And he picks it up fast and he enjoys it. So instead awesome. of saying, oh, stop playing that game and go read this and that book or do something else, you know, I'm keeping my ear to the pavement for these schools that are now offering scholarships for esports and, you know, building video games, playing video yeah. games, doing all of that stuff. You know, the opportunities are out there. So just keep an open mind. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Ooh, we we're past. Yes, indeed. Even with the brown liquor, you know. <laughs> Just some of the things that we talked about. I think if I would have heard that during my high school um, years and college years, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I would have had a different thought process. If I would have had a different path. Not complaining that the path that I took. You know, hey, I learned some things along the way, but mm-hmm. I wonder if um, it wouldn't have been such hard days if I would have heard mm-hmm. some of the things that we are talking about now. I mean, in my case, shoot, I, I wonder if I hadn't, you know, been pigeonholed into yeah. you know, doing stuff that wasn't down creative avenues, would I have been doing something I really wanted to do? earlier in life maybe yeah without yeah. going and you know always feeling like a, a square peg trying to fit into a circle you know mm-hmm. i have people that see me today and they really can't believe i've put in 10 years at boeing they're like you worked in that it, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like like your personality like you would be in this corporate structure cubicle farm or I'm like yeah honey I did my bid I did my time yes. I know what it is and I'm thankful for that time mm-hmm. I don't want to look back and be like oh you know filled with regret I feel like everything I've done has gotten me you know to where I am today or whatever and where I'm going mm-hmm. absolutely but, yeah I don't know <sighs> I'm telling you it's it's a lot. This is a, a a passionate topic, and I think it's so passionate for us because we have kids, mm-hmm. and there are things that we want to make sure that they don't experience that we did from a negative perspective. Like everything that we experience is not negative, but some things that you're like, hey, this is not the end. Of, this is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. You can pivot, and you still can make it. You really can. I never want my kids to feel, you know, you know, when they're working within the realm of academia that because this person gets better grades or this person isn't gifted and talented or whatever, that that makes them less of a person. I know how that feels to feel that way. And I never want my kids to feel like that. Not a good feeling. So yeah, (laughs) just kind of keeping that in mind. And like, I'm proud of you because you gave it 100%. Mhm. Mhm. 
And sometimes we just have to say that, especially to our kids. Shoot, we got to say that to ourselves. Listen. Girl, you did good today. I'm always having to nurture that inner child. Like, little girl, Kristen, you're, it's all okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you gave it your all. You did good. Mm-hmm. Go treat yourself. Now, probably not the treat yourself part, because then that's when you be going to Target <laughs> and <laughs> buy going for that loaf of bread and leave right and all the other stuff. <laughs> Besides the loaf of bread, but just kind of you know telling yourself, "Hey, you did good today." Mm, celebrate those wins. Celebrate you know? the wins, dude. No matter how small. They have you thinking your wins ain't wins. Like, your wins ain't good enough. And they are. I'm like, celebrating. Dude, yeah. I yes. Just, I just need everybody to feel good on this journey. Because we got to go on this journey. We yes. have to do life. You know, you, sometimes you have to do a job that you might not like to survive mm-hmm. or whatever. But I just want people to, like, not feel down on themselves while they're going through those trials and yeah and comparing know. themselves mm-hmm. to others that's mm-hmm. a true that's probably gonna be a whole nother episode that we need to do soon comparison compare. is the, mm-hmm. is the is um, a thief of joy is that what it the, says yeah comparison is a thief of joy yeah yeah i was mixing up my quotes i was thinking about um expectation is the mother of heartbreak or <laughs> but just say comparison is the <laughs> The parent of heartbreak. <laughs> okay. Y'all know what okay. I mean. <laughs> okay, Wilfred Spire, you showing up again. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, I think this has been an excellent conversation. Yes. Really good points that we've, we've made. And I'm hoping our listeners will be able to take something with that. Or, you know, hey, if you don't agree with this, again, engage with us. And if you do engage with us, also, so we look just just engage. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, oh, I'll wrap us up with a quote. There's actually two quotes that I have. Uh-huh. You still yes, I'm sorry because you you had a whole thing about engaging and then you just summed it up. Just just engage. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. It don't matter if you agree or not. Just engage. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> there's two quotes that uh, sum us up from the topic that we're, we're we talked about. The first quote says, "Your degree is just a piece of paper, but your education is seen in your behavior." Mm-hmm. And that quote is unknown. I, I don't know who that is. I can find it. Um, the second quote is actually by Will Smith. And his quote goes um, with saying, the things, that, the things that have been most valuable to me, I did not learn in school. Uh, and I felt that. I, I felt that one. That resonates very deeply. <laughs> yes. Life experiences. School is not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. You go on this journey called life. And you apply some things that you've learned in school, but that's not everything. Life is the teacher, man. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it will be. Mm-hmm. Well, we laughed some laughs. I yes. think the Whisper Spire inspired that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But another good topic that we've mentioned. So um, I'm hoping our listeners got something out of this. Yes, for sure. I hope a lot of people could relate to it. I hope it makes current students that are, you know, in the mire right now feel a little bit better about where they at and give them some hope for the future. Yeah. You know, so look at me. I got C's in high school and I still made it. (laughs) No, I'm just Uh, Well, I know I did. (laughs) I got a couple of C's in college and I was like, look, girl. We got to graduate. So whatever you got to do, you just move on. Mm -hmm. This thing ain't going to stop you. But, you know, you just keep going. There's things that we've learned. There's lessons that you've learned. But just don't let school be everything. And shoot, work Mm -hmm. either. If I can retire tomorrow, I think I would. I like what I do, Mm -hmm. but I think there's more that I can give. And working a nine to five, is, is just not everything. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the job that I have, but mm-hmm. I think I have a bigger vision. And I mean, it all comes down to wherever you at, whatever you're doing, whether that's your end state or mm-hmm. means to the end, just do your best. Just do your, do best. your best. That's it. Give it 100%. That's all we're asking. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Nina, this has been another awesome conversation. Yes, it has. Did you finish your drink? <laughs> I still got a little bit left. I'm about to gulp it down and sleep really well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I am about to go to bed because I got to go to work tomorrow. I was going to say, I'm about to wood for reserve myself right on to sleep. (laughs) Reserve to sleep. (laughs) We ain't going to start again. Oh, goodness. But again, guys, find us um, on your socials at Coffee to Cocktails Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and email us at Coffee to Cocktails Podcast at gmail.com. That'll wrap us up for the evening. All right. We will be with you next week. Good night, Kristen. Sleep Good well. night, Miss Nina. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.